Today we're talking the new and somewhat divisive Velma series on HBO Max, uh, the first big loss of 2023, a history-making Golden Globes, and Morgan finally has gotten to see Megan, so we'll be giving our review. Welcome to the Madness. Hello, it's a wonderful podcast of patrons and friends and all the people out there. Welcome to another episode of Morgan Madness with and Machine. Hello, the Morgan. <laughs> Hello, the Machine. How are we? How are you? How am I? I'll tell you how I am. My voice hurts. You know What's why wrong? my voice hurts? <laughs> why is that? Oh, football. Football Shouting. reasons. <laughs> Shouting at football. Yes. Football reasons <laughs> is why my voice hurts. <laughs> Not because I was making as much noise um, as Kihi Kwan was in my sign today, which is we love Kihi Kwan. Yeah. Um, who was making a frightening amount of noise during his Golden Globes acceptance speech, but so he should have been. Yes, that whole um, room was very excited for him. <laughs> it was it was beautiful. We will be talking about plenty of, uh, of Golden Globes related things because that, of course, was was last week. Yes. And um, we, we, we didn't get a chance to obviously talk about it on last week's show because it was before the Golden Globes. That's how weeks work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, my voice is actually very... Uh, if you don't mind, Janine, I would like to actually talk a little bit about this because I'm just very excited. Yes, go for it. <laughs> because my voice is, is, is hoarse this evening as we record this because it's the day... Of the Manchester Derby, which is, of course, uh, um, football, Premier League football, Manchester United versus Manchester City. And we, of course, beat City 2-1, which is just ooh. wonderful. Coming okay. coming from um, co coming from behind, coming from a goal down, uh, in, in four minutes in quick succession, we get two back. And uh, it, it, it's very, very good to see. We're in a, yes. a, United are in a very, very hot rain of form at the moment very very hot okay um, with our beautiful manager well, eric ten hag his nice turtlenecks you know I let's put a picture of eric ten hag <laughs> up in his in his beautiful yeah, turtleneck let's, let's show it off <laughs> because I, I i love it when he started wearing turtleneck I like, was in right there. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I speak about this as though I'm attracted to Eric Ten Hag. I'm not attracted to Eric Ten Hag. You're attracted to his turtlenecks. <laughs> I'm attracted to his turtlenecks, yeah. His but sense of fashion, his sense when, of style. His sense of fashion is perfect. When he <laughs> when he took over United in, in the summer, last summer, it was who I wanted to take over. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was kind of in right there and then but then he started wearing turtlenecks okay and, and that like, sealed the deal oh it's even better now <laughs> oh my gosh and united looked like a I really good that. team united looked like a really really good team at the minute in very very good form good form okay that really culminated in this big test against city because city are, are a fantastic team themselves and uh Yes, we beat them, and it was all very... The stadium was bouncing, the stadium was rocking, as it usually does. It was almost row-swapping time 
And we haven't had that for many years. And by that, I mean, like, in the celebration, the goal celebrations, you end up, like, three rows in front. Just because of how bouncy everybody is and and jumping around all over everybody. Because there's 74,000 people in this state. Yes. Obviously. I'm a Manchester Um, fan by association, so very exciting. You're you're a United fan, though. You're certainly not a Manchester City fan. No, no, no. I don't like Manchester City (laughs) at all. Um, but no, that's why that's why my, my voice. I did just want to bring that up. And uh, yes, if anybody would like to celebrate United's current run I'm sure. of form with me, then please do. Well, I'm sure people will appreci- appreciate a husky voiced Morgan today. So, oh, God, nobody <laughs> appreciates that. Nobody appreciates that. Um, but yes, we, we do have other stuff, we do have plenty of regular kind of stuff. Yes. Um, that, that we like to talk about here on Monday Madness today. Janine, should I simply ask the question? Yes, go for it. Sup, Janine? <laughs> oh, we have a few things up today, starting with some sad news. Uh, Lisa Marie Presley recently passed away. I believe she had cardiac arrest. And it's just kind of a crazy Ooh. thing because literally two days prior, she was at the Golden Globes. Uh, Austin Butler had thanked her and Priscilla in his speech. And, and you know, such a, a great moment for that family. And then two days later, um, she passed away. So um, people are kind of, were kind of showing videos of her at the actual awards, kind of needing to hold on to her friend. And she seemed a little bit weak. So I, I don't know if she was dealing with any kind of like heart condition issues for a while, but, but just a really sad loss. The only child of Elvis, you know, a, a, yeah. a singer songwriter in her own right. Um, you know, she did suffer the loss of her son to suicide. So, um, yeah. You know, yeah. So, you know, tough things in her life as well. So, um, yeah, I hope, you know, she, you know, the family is, is you know, sending love to the family and, uh, you know, hope she's at peace and all of those things. Really, It was really such kind of a shock to hear she was only 54, so. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's got to be very tough for Priscilla Presley, of course, as well. Yeah. To, to for, for, you know, for something like this to happen. Yeah, it's always a um, thing. Like, you know, parents never want to outlive their children, so. Certainly not. Certainly not. Um, it's... It's it's not nice. It's and it obviously like is like you said. It's um, shocking. It was shocking and surprising, really, because a couple of days before she she had had interviews at the Golden Globes. Even she she had given a couple of red carpet interviews. So yeah, you know, it, it wasn't one of these situations that you kind of okay someone's ill or someone's well yeah very, it's like, like old or, or like with Kirstie Alley like, like we hadn't seen her in, in a while and then yeah. got the news that she was you know she had passed away this is someone we just saw you know talking and doing interviews and and you know being present and and, and then just to have that happen just was such kind of a shock so so very sad. yeah yeah very very she she back with her father Yes, as, I think as, she was only nine when like he passed same. away. So yeah, she so, can't yeah. have been that old, can she? Because yeah. Yeah. yeah, she would have been. Because I think she was nineteen sixty-eight, and I'm sure Elvis passed away in seventy-seven. So 
Yeah, that, yeah. That and like I, you know, had seen some things about how she had said that you know people ask like, do you, how much do you even really remember from that time or of your father? And she's like, you know, it's basically kind of just like you know memories I can pull from. I remember everything, but there are a lot of things I just maybe wasn't aware of. She said she had like visited Graceland, uh, like recently, and she saw this kind of note or or uh, a quote that he had on his wall about how you know becoming a father was like the greatest joy of his life or something like that. And she had never seen that before. Okay. <laughs> so the fact that like, you know, there were things that maybe were always around her, but she just wasn't aware of them at that time. So yeah. right now she's like just newly discovering things that her father maybe felt for her, saw, talked, uh, you know, about her that she didn't realize. And so she was like, it was really kind of, you know, a joy to see things like that, that I just wasn't aware of. So yes, hopefully she's with her, you know, her son and her father and, at peace and you know very very sad to hear about that definitely definitely rest in peace to lisa marie presley yes. of course um we, we do like to pay our respects here yes, on monday madness even <laughs> though we, we're generally a silly show yes that has fun but we we do like to do that and we didn't want to do it in the second show of the year <laughs> yeah so early we wanted on, to, yeah. to to you know last a little bit of time before we have yeah. to come to the mournful paying of respects yes situations that are never ever fun no. but of course more than worthwhile but yes rest in peace too lisa marie presley yeah. what else do we have uh so the new velma show is out i know you are kind of a huge yes. fan of mystery inc and scooby-doo um, I am, yes. I, I, I love Scooby-Doo. Well, yes. you say that, you say that I'm also actually a big fan of, uh, well, I'm a big fan of various incarnations of Scooby-Doo. Of course, I'm like, uh, Scooby-Doo, where are you in the new Scooby-Doo movies and the, you know, late 60s and 70s yeah. Scooby-Doo stuff. Yes, okay. But Scooby-Doo in the late 90s and... The, the early 2000s and the mid 2000s is also quite good what's new scooby-doo and and those and the straight to video movies yes there were some good straight to um, video movies good. um you you always kind of you know don't give this era of scooby-doo love that i you know that i wish you would give a chance uh you when know you mid 90s scooby-doo i grew up every morning before school watching a pup named scooby-doo that can't very... be doing with it silly <laughs> no it was very cute the characters were all very much to their characterization no it didn't make any sense that they were teenagers in the 60s and 70s but children in like the 90s but you just you know it's a cartoon you throw that out the window the characterization of the characters is still really fun the songs are very doo-woppy shoo-woppy songs so you would like the songs well, we do like um, doo-woppy shoo-woppy yeah, songs yes they school. still do, do the chases and the songs uh, you know, they play with a bunch of uh, different flavors of Scooby snacks that Scooby likes to try. But the point Scooby Doo is, is underrated. So <laughs> the point is, <laughs> it's saying. just baby Looney Tunes, isn't it? No, so it, it was, it it was still it was still very much the essence of the other shows. They were just kids. That's it. Well, that's all baby Looney Tunes. No, it was never it as good as actual Looney Tunes. You don't know. You no. can't speak to it because you've never seen it. So I would like to. It's a fair point. It. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Morgan hasn't also, seen. A I'd also like to bring up. I'd also like to bring up the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo with Vincent Price, which is also yeah, pretty great. good. That's great. So yes, um, 
several iterations and, of Scooby-Doo. All sorry. Pretty great. And Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, which was the, the actual narrative show from about 2010-ish. That's really good. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, that's really good. So yes, we were getting this new cartoon uh, with Mindy Kaling as Velma. Um, uh, people were kind of up in arms of her changing the race of Velma. Doesn't uh, really matter. Which doesn't really matter. Like that, and and I think what the, I said the show is a bit divisive in the intro. What I think is bringing the divisive nature of it is it's very mature. There's n nudity and and violence very and, and uh kind of crude jokes and things like that so i feel like yes in terms of a kind of uh raunchy animated series i think it's a fun show with like mysteries and things like that just make it a raunchy adult humor animated series don't make it scooby-doo related scooby-doo by the way is not even in the series um so Boo, yeah. what's yes. the point so don't make it anything associated with Mystery Inc. characters. Just make it a raunchy mystery cartoon. Which know? really, someone like Mindy Kaling should be able to do perfectly well. I like yes. Mindy Kaling. I, I really do like Mindy Kaling. I admire Mindy Kaling an awful lot. Now, I can't, I can't watch this show. This is an HBO Max show that currently isn't on any UK yeah. streamers. Yeah, so the first two episodes so... were released. I watched the first one and part of the second one um and yeah i think the humor is there but it's just it then i kind of like stop myself because i'm like these aren't these characters like constance Wu is great and she is uh daphne they make daphne an asian character in this and so i mean i like the idea of that that's not the problem i just think the humor and the tone just don't fit these characters um isn't glenn howerton fred I think so, and he's well. like, and there's a whole that thing of him works, like though, not. It? Does that not just work well? That seems like it would work. It really does. Well. He, he is he is really good as Fred. Um, I think all the voice acting is good, but it's just kind of the characterization of them is it, okay. is just does it, it's very off from what we know them to be, and it doesn't feel like them, but more mature. It feels like completely different characters. Yeah, I get that. I think I brought up Mystery Incorporated before. I think I think Mystery Incorporated is a a perfect way, really, of aging up Scooby Doo. And I don't mean like they're all old people. I mean make it Just for make it more mature. Yeah, make it more mature. Make it a bit genuinely violent. Make it a bit genuinely scary. There's I believe a comic book series as well, where Scooby-Doo, you know, and, and Mystery Incorporated, that is quite a, a kind of gory kind of book. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's a mature kind of comic book. There's nothing wrong with no. with having them. I suppose there's nothing wrong with having them in those senses at all. There's nothing wrong with having raunchiness yeah from these characters if they at least feel somewhat the same and if that if therein lies the problem where they just don't feel like they're the same characters then yeah like you said they might as well have just gone and made another adult animated show but there's yeah. also so many of them now and they've probably what they've probably tried doing is try doing something like what that harley quinn show does 
Yes, which is kind of what it's been compared to. But it's just and not, you know. The fact that it's Scooby-Doo, though, and, how, and, you know, someone like Harley Quinn is already, you know, it's, you're not necessarily going to give children much harley quinn content because there's no. too much and she still violence. feels there's like too much kind of she still feels like the character you know just being able yeah. to do all of the things that she couldn't do on you know basic cable um so yeah. it still feels true to the character in terms of kind of a more raunchier harley quinn show but this feels very much not like these characters and i think there was a way to to make it more mature like you said um without it kind of stripping away kind of what makes these characters likable and and, it's a shame, and, and, really. and familiar to us <clears throat> you know yeah like it opens with a whole girls naked in the shower scene but because they're like making a commentary on it um you know they're talking about why is the first episode of a show i always have to have a bunch of nudity i don't know sex sells and then it like it's like this kind of like we're so smart <laughs> conversation i see <laughs> you know uh you know uh shaggy is like a simp for velma like he's like in love with her so he's just really annoying and calling her and leaving her voice messages all the time and fred is that, kind that's of kind in... of been the way hasn't it for, for for quite a while now with shaggy and velma though is yes. it's very much like that yes um never you never used to be of course i mean if you if you look back at the old the the older more original scooby-doo stuff from the late 60s and the 70s like i said if you imagine what shaggy and velma would become in the 21st century you you, you can't see it there yeah no, no none of no, it's present not there. At all. but yeah no it's like it's very like an unrequited like he's just a simp for her and she like doesn't notice oh him. okay and then she's kind of crushing on fred but he's just like a vapid snob which like that's kind of you know a characterization we've seen from fred very vain and stuff like that but he's also like kind of an asshole who like sleeps around with everybody, and then there's a whole thing where like that's just Freddie <laughs> like... Prince Junior's Fred from the movie. <laughs> yes, um, but then there's just like this whole thing of him like you know he he has like super hairless skin and all and a boyish face because he oh. hasn't like gone through puberty yet like for some reason. And then, like, a whole storyline with Velma and her mother has gone missing. So that's, like, the biggest mystery that she's always trying to solve. And then her father tells her, no, your mom just left us. And now I've, like, knocked up the waitress from the restaurant down the way. And, like, then in the background, the mistress is, like, having, like, a naked pregnancy photo shoot. Like, I... <laughs> there's unusual things going on yes in this television and then show, there's like this it. kind of scary entity that only appears to velma that like grabs at her and like messes with her head and talks to her so she's trying to figure all that out people are getting like their brains scooped out of their heads so they're finding like these bodies and trying to figure out the mystery of who's killing these people like daphne's kind of a terrible bitch like like her and Velma used to be best friends, but now they're not anymore because I guess, you know, Daphne got hot and like dumped Velma, like, you know, as a friend. So it's just, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, there are like glimmers of things that feel familiar, but overall, just not kind of the, the, uh kind of familiar characterization that we know yeah. these characters to be um you know and i think there was a way that they could have done it but i think they just kind of go so far over the edge that this just feels like it could have been a show with this premise that's just not these characters so i've I, I seen quite a few people really. yeah i've seen quite a few people just be like i will not be watching this so i uh, i don't know i've only seen kind of 
people being disappointed with it so i don't i mean i don't i don't think there's there's any reason to make it your entire personality to hate yes particular yes i mean there could be people who love silly. it and think it's smart and, and you know love mindy kaling for what she's trying to do like shaggy's black and daphne's asian and all these different things and i think that's kind of a cool idea um but i think it's more just for fans of the original things just the characterization feels just not like them and more mature it just feels like completely different characters so i think that's the criticism um yeah so, but I, no i know, get that while I haven't personally seen people who have been like gushing over how great they think it is, there are probably those people out there. So me personally, I don't know that I'm going to be watching it. I don't think it, you know, I, I might give it a chance, you know, and, and finish that second episode and see kind of where the story goes. But in general, uh, you know, I didn't find myself really having the best time watching it. So that's fair. <clears throat> that's fair. Unfortunate, I suppose, because I, I always root for anything yeah, new coming out, or either. yeah, or trying to kind of do something different with these characters that you know yeah. have have been around forever. So I think it's smart to kind of you know refresh them every so often and do something different and new with them. Um, so I was excited for the show, and, and yeah, just didn't really kind of go where I wanted it to go, or you know. So yeah, Velma. <laughs> Velma, Velma. Jinkies, but yes, please. Jinkies. Jinkies. Jinkies to people who <laughs> make it their entire personality to hate a particular yeah. TV show. Which I'd say watch is it, just give not it a what chance, you see what doing. you think. Yeah. Because I have seen, I have seen that myself, to be honest, people on Twitter just literally seeming to make entire Twitter accounts for the sole purpose yeah, of bashing this thing. particular and most show, which is just weird. And mostly times it's things they haven't even seen. So, you know, I'd say give it a chance, form your own opinion. You know, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't just say like, you know, I could have been like, oh, everyone's saying it sucks, so I'm not going to watch it. Like, I could have totally been like that because all the reviews I saw people were kind of negative. But I said, no, I'm going to watch it for myself and see what I think. So, Wisdom. Know. Wisdom from me. <laughs> yes, I've kind of learned. But, you know. Well, should we get into our golden globes conversation yes there's, so, a, there's an awful lot to uh pick apart from here and whether we actually care about the golden globes whether we look at the golden globes do we even care about the oscars anymore not really because it's just it is what it is what it is i'm more interested in the oscars up to about 95 and then i just kind of go, go i don't really care anymore well, I mean, there's opportunities. I think this year I do care because we have people like Brendan Fraser, who's going to, you know, who, who, you know, had to kind of step away from Hollywood for so long, kind of getting a newly fresh opportunity. Yes, I was same joking. With, I do care. Same with Kiki Kwan. Same with, you know, potentially Angela Bassett making history. So yeah. there are a lot of things there that I want to see happen at this award show. So um, I, I mean, think there's, of, there's a lot of positive looking things i think to take from the winners of the golden globes if they are at all an indication of, of kind of what happens the, 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 the oscars themselves the, the big one i mean i don't even know when the baftas are because that also obviously is a little bit of an indication yes um, even though um, we obviously tend to focus way more on british people and british movies at the baftas than, yeah. than, than than 
most other people do but things like the sag awards are obviously yeah, really yeah, big as well those came out recently so um, it's all the same kind of people it's all everybody from everywhere it's the same, uh, all at once it's always going to be on every list jamie and stephanie and michelle and kiki kiki so um yeah i mean the the golden globes really had some some great moments i mean jennifer coolidge was absolutely hilarious jennifer coolidge <laughs> Giving Just, speeches is my favorite thing. At I mean, shows. the fact that they gave her like a full like few minutes just to, to just to present an award so she could tell this story about how she was asked to present the award and she just goes off on this ridiculous tangent and she has she's that insane. room and everyone just loves her and thinks she's adorable and i actually watched white lotus and oh okay her, yes her character was so ridiculous on there so i absolutely you know my, a well-deserved win um she should she, it be something i should watch because i know it's, I get, think, it's getting an awful lot of awards love Yes, I think you should should check it out. I think it because the first okay. season it's about this this hotel White Lotus. So the first season takes place in a hotel in a, a White Lotus hotel in Hawaii. So you're kind of following these different characters around, and then their kind of stories intertwine. It opens where it ends, so it ends okay. where I think people are waiting around an airport, and you hear somebody has died, and then it goes back to kind of the beginning, and then you see these weeks of these people on vacation all these different like couples and families and, and different things that lead up to this death that we heard about in the first episode. Okay. And season two is in the white Lotus in Italy. And I think the only character that we see that comes back is, is Jennifer Coolidge's character. And then we get a new set of characters that we're following, you know, Aubrey Plaza's in there. Uh, <clears throat> Theo uh, James. Okay. Yes. So uh, okay. yeah, I think it's a really good show. Def, um, F Marie Abraham. Yeah. So yes, really great cast, really solid show. Um, really, really enjoyed White Lotus. So uh, yeah, I th definitely think you should check it out if you can find it because it is an HBO <laughs> show. Ah, okay. I think something like that would probably show up on on a Now TV. Okay. To be yes, honest yes. with you, so, so I did. It's only two seasons right now, so it was a really quick, smooth, easy watch. Uh, I was hanging out with some friends who had been actively watching it because HBO Max is not the Netflix model. They actually do show release their shows week to week. Yeah. Um, so the the new episode was coming out while I was there and they wanted to watch it, but I was like, I don't know anything about it. But like when watching an episode without the context, and I think it was like the second to last, like it was like the, the third episode from the finale. So to okay. watch that episode and I was able to kind of figure out what they kind of gave me like a brief, you know, uh, overview I watched that episode and like found myself okay i want to see where this is gonna go so then i went and watched the first season caught up to the second season and then watched the finale okay. and yeah Good. so you know just from getting a brief thing on a season two episode and watching that episode i actually was kind of very invested so i think it's a good show jennifer coolidge yeah she she was great on that show so that made for some really kind of funny moments with her on on stage and and just i love the things she talked about in terms of like feeling like you know there wasn't really a place for her and she, you know she's getting older and what is she going to do and then you know she was given this opportunity and uh you know now people see her and like, now the people on her hill invite her to parties and like she's just so cute and i absolutely loved her her speeches and stories uh, you know the fact that she had to set it on the floor because it was too heavy to hold it you know it was just a very fun moment uh I think she genuinely plays herself a lot of the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which is, or uh, heightened versions of herself, or directors just tell her, Jennifer, please just do 
what you do in yeah. this particular role. And she's just like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Yeah, That's no, she's fine. really crazy on, on White Lotus. She's, she's very weird and crazy. <laughs> um. <laughs> All the TV things, I suppose, that are highlights. I mean, I obviously really really quite like that house of the dragon one for, for yes. was it best drama there's yeah. only three of them there yeah nobody was there really i guess they weren't and, expecting much because it was a new show i don't know i don't think they were expecting much because i think they were expecting that show succession to do an awful to kind of oh yeah and even better call saul everything. in terms of is that considered yeah. a comedy or a drama because i think maybe it, it no wasn't it, it's last season so you know that's kind of yeah, when those was. shows pick up pick up their awards and so i think they just were not i'm really much. i'm actually really glad it did because i obviously loved house of the dragon yes. and then millie the alcock just looked mm -hmm. like she was absolutely hammered yes by the end because <laughs> by the that was near <laughs> the end were of the giving show that speech. so she was so wasted yes um, in terms of directors, I was, you know, hoping for the Daniels to win, but to see Spielberg up there, you know, winning for a story that was more personal to him. Yeah, you, you know, can't this is kind of his it. life story. So, and, and, you know, he's such a good person. Like, I've seen him, like, he is very just an unproblematic king. <laughs> like, he's such a good person. Like, I saw an interview, they did like a, an actor's roundtable, and it was a great one. It was like Austin Butler and, and Kiki Kwan and Brendan Fraser and, and Colin Farrell. And, um, I still and, don't, I still can't be doing with Austin Butler. I'd just like to point that out. I can't. Which I can't, also I can't on, deal that, with him. on that round table, him. like people have pointed on that round table, he kind of was kind of just he's telling a story about oh, well, one of my friends told me, you know, I was just singing a Christmas song on the radio, an Elvis Christmas song, and they told me I should play Elvis. And then I was playing a song at the piano, and they were like, Yes, we need we need to figure this out. We need to find a way for you to play Elvis. And then when the movie came out, the friend like pushed me to really kind of go for it then somebody cuts that clip to a clip years ago when he was dating vanessa hudgens and she's telling that same exact story but on this round table instead of just saying my ex-girlfriend you know she's a great person she's the one who pushed me da 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 da, da he just says a friend <laughs> and so completely like doesn't even acknowledge his 10-year girlfriend at the time who kind of encouraged him to even go for elvis uh well, so that kind of well, like, well, well once i saw that kind of comparative thing i was like mm, i don't know maybe I'm not i just i just can't be doing with him any stupid face and the fact that he still continues to somehow <laughs> talk, talk like, like elvis yes. i don't Someone get it asked it's, him it's in weird the, it's in concerning like the post interview somebody asked him about that and he's like well uh, uh i don't know that i'm doing that but you know maybe we don't play things so long like you know elvis, it's like yeah. if you lived in a foreign country for so long you know it just becomes part of your dna like okay okay like, madonna <laughs> it's weird it's weird it's unusual Austin. so yes he says he doesn't notice it but obviously yeah everybody um, else does yes but okay thing. but yes you no, know he was um he won his award <laughs> He won his award for Elvis, didn't he? Yes. yes. I mean, I thought it was you. I know you haven't seen it, but I it was a great performance, despite kind of the trippiness of the movie because it is Baz Luhrmann. And aside from the weird things Tom Hanks was doing, notice he didn't get nominated because he was doing oh, some yeah, weird I'm, things I'm accent wise and stuff. Very, very um, Austin Butler gave a great performance, so you know it's he, fair enough. Yes. It's fair um, enough. I, I know his his performance in it is highly regarded so i can't fault that really. yes yeah so i think it was deserved in terms of his performance but yeah to get back to that to, to kihi kwan and and my, uh, steven spielberg he talked about how 
even, every year after doing uh, Indiana Jones, Steven Spielberg to this day still sends him a Christmas present every year. <laughs> like he is Spielberg's yes. a nice guy. Yes, I mean uh, Drew Barrymore's his goddaughter, and he always like you know looks out for her and takes care of her. I think when she did like a Playboy cover, like he like sent her a note saying cover up or something like that. Like he drew the coat on. He sent yeah he he like sent her the cover where he like drew clothes on her (laughs) and like (laughs) sent it to her and told her to like cover up. I love it. Yeah, I love it. He's been like a father figure to many people. Like he's just a a creative soul. So you know, while I was like Stephen Spiller, he has so many awards. Like he doesn't need this. I I didn't feel that way when he won because this was a very personal story for him. And, uh, you know, the fact that, like, even in his speech, he talked about, you know, I had been putting off telling the story for a long time. Yes, I've peppered moments of this story into my other films. It was a lot of this was an E.T. and other things. Uh, yeah. Close Encounters. Close but I was Encounters, always afraid. you yes. get something like yes. this. But I was so scared to tell the story. But, you know, now I'm, like, in my 70s. So I figured if I'm going to tell it, I have to do it now. So the fact that, like, yeah. you know, this was something he was putting off because he was just afraid. Uh, and so for him to win for this, no matter how many accolades and credits and and work this man has been known for and and, and uh you know move the you know a man who's changed kind of the course of movies like he created the pg-13 rating like for christ's sake yeah, so it's, it's, the, the it's, fact that you know he, he has all of this you still can be happy for him winning yet another thing because of how personal the story was to him so it's I was it's happy not about that stuff like that doesn't affect that the most deserved person should yes. win yeah. any given award it, it, sometimes they are given for the story purposes or you, you, know, you know oh it would be a phenomenal thing if this individual for example if if brendan fraser ends up winning the oscar say because uh, obviously he didn't he didn't win the golden globe but then again brendan fraser the hollywood foreign press don't have a particularly pleasant no no he, he was he for, he for good reason yes yes um reason. so he was he, he was never going to win even if he did deserve to because he has had very significant issues with that organization in the past yes um but if brendan fraser ends up winning the oscar it will feel like more of a story award yeah. Perhaps rather than now, I have admittedly haven't no, seen the, the whale. Movie. It was a it, it was a really great performance. So I could see how people would think it looked like okay, the, the story of it would be great, but also the story of Stallone winning would have been of great course. as well to win again for the same character. You know that you played however many years ago. That of would have been the story. But then of they course, gave it to Mark Rylance, and I will never yeah. be happy about that. So you know you have to kind of know that that's not always kind of the thing. It's you know, not. You know. It's not. But it is an element. It is an element. Yes, yes. But no, um, I saw the. No, I think in terms of Spielberg, so I do think in terms of Spielberg that doesn't necessarily come up because, like you said, what's what's another award for Spielberg really? Like it's not going to change that much in terms of how everybody views Steven Spielberg. Spielberg's influence cannot be understated in the <laughs> yeah. world of movies. It's not possible. It's yeah. just immense it is one of the most immense contributions in movie history yes steven spielberg's contribution to 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 this world yeah but thankfully i'm going to be able to see the fablemans i think in a couple of weeks 
good. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. When so. it's out here. So I should yeah. be able to actually see it before I go on holiday, which is quite oh, nice. nice. Yeah. Um, so, and I, and I will be going to see it. Um, but I'm glad that, I'm glad that he won this. And like, like you say, sure, I would love the Daniels to win the Oscar as well. Because what what they the undertaking of that movie just the creativity yeah, just, of it just just for creativity alone, purposes. yeah we we, we haven't seen anything like that do we give it to do do does anybody else come into that I mean I forget who's nominated for things really um, director wise but I just I, I I can't have any issue with Spielberg winning anything really because it, it 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 just is Spielberg and when you know the story of what went behind the Fablemans, then you understand it even more yeah, because it's and, and one of the Amanda... most personal movies, if yeah. not the most personal movie he has ever made. Yes, and to a man who's won pretty much anything you can win, winning an award for a movie that he had been putting off because of fear because it was so personal, I think that makes it mean something to him after getting so many other. Well, kinds yeah, of that's awards. true. So, so I yeah. liked that moment for him. And then just to kind of bounce off back into to Kihi Kwan, just the fact that he thanked Spielberg for giving him that opportunity as a 12-year-old kid to do this and, um, you know, and, and to have him in the room was so special for him. And, and Well, this was just, the speech that made everybody cry. I mean, it was the first award of the night and um, that whole room was just so happy for him, you know, to see people see him, someone who has felt not seen for so long uh you know his story is, is very much kind of a relatable thing you know you're not just a child actor but you're also a minority actor so when you get older you know yeah. you're not that cute kid anymore and you're a minority and you're not seeing any roles for asian actors so what are you going to do so you know this is your dream but you you know you had a, a shining moment uh, doing the thing that you loved but now you have to give it up so um the fact that you know the you know thanks to Daniels for remembering him, they remembered me and, yeah. and put me in this, and the fact that also, you know, he he always credits seeing Crazy Rich Agents being the the movie that showed yeah. him that there is a place for him, and, and so that just kind of always speaks to my spirit of representation mattering and, and people not really seeing that all the time, because uh, that's the movie Absolutely. that brought him back. And also on that roundtable, he revealed that <laughs> the actor who played Chunk was his entertainment lawyer and, and oh, <laughs> negotiated yeah. his contract for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, so which my is, <laughs> is nice. Yes, of course. Right? It's so sweet. Um, um, so it was no, just a, a great moment, a great speech. I was so happy. For, like, you could feel that that whole room was so happy for him so i hope he gets that oscar because oh my god 100 oh my god he he, he does i was he bawling. does need to yeah. and i know it's a i know it's a tougher situation because yeah. obviously we're in mind you i mean he is the lead actor of everything everywhere so he he wouldn't be able to be put in a supporting actor category I mean, I think that his chances are better at supporting because I think, and I think they would put him up for supporting, so he wouldn't have to go up against Brendan, since I think Brendan is kind of the big. Yeah. Uh, and I also liked that because I liked that you know he wasn't going to have to go up against Brendan because both of them are kind of yeah, living in this in this them. kind of moment of 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 uh, kind of recognition that they you know after a very tough, ho you know Hollywood life moments for them, so. 
I kind of don't want them to be in the same category, honestly. No, no, I get that. I get that. I'm, I suppose I just think about things logically rather than kind of what, what will actually best. happen. Yes. Because yes. what will happen is people will just be putting categories that don't maybe 100% suit what they actually did, but what will get them the win the most, or what will likely get them the win the most. Yes. Um, all, of course, we're talking about the Globes here, not necessarily the Oscars, but it all it does all influence kind of each, into other. each other. Yeah. Um, um, Kihi Kwan's speech, I do genuinely just think was unbelievable. It's, it's the speech that, that I saw. It was the best, yes. most heartfelt, most emotional, genuine tear-in-the-eye speech that I did see from all the highlights of this particular ceremony that, you know, was were, were coming out. Um, I just think he's a very emotional person. He's a very positively energetic force of a human being that you just can't help attach yourself onto. Yes. And you feel that immediately. You feel absolutely immediately. Yeah. And in in such a obviously very short time you actually get to make these speeches he did that again and i spoke about last week how much i just adore everything ever all at once as the so best good. movie i've seen in years best new movie i've seen in years um i, I can't i i want all the awards for him and i know obviously him and michelle yo and Stephanie Shu and Jamie, I know they've all got awards and nominations from all these random different awards bodies that they yeah. they get. They, you know, they must be piling high of boxes Jamie of awards yeah. and mm-hmm. things like this. Yeah. Every single one of them, and rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but on the other, on the other kind of best actor front, and Colin Farrell winning yes. for Banshees. Mm-hmm. Which, I, again, I thought was a beautiful speech that he's giving there because it's obviously very. There's a bit of a story to his, obviously, as well, isn't there? Because he has won one previous Golden Globe, which was was for an, the other Martin <laughs> McDonough film he did, yeah, starring Brendan Gleeson as well. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it kind of it all fits into one well nice yeah same nice and and as someone who had a very similar situation as well was angela bassett like she went up there and said you know oh, God, yeah in 94 she was up there in january accepting the golden globe for what's love got to do with it and yeah. she's making history as the first mcu actor to be nominated for their performance in an mcu film for their acting so um you know yes they've gotten you know makeup and just special effects and costuming this is the first acting you know nomination and win so if she were to go on and and get that oscar after what 30 plus films Mm. you know since 2008 this has been going you know like 14 plus years like to be the first this black female actress you know to to get the first nomination for their performance in, in the whole of the MCU is such a cool thing. And her speech was so great and talking about, you know, Chadwick and that he was kind of looking down on them and like what they had to go through and uh, 
yeah, I absolutely loved her speech. She looked gorgeous. So I'm I'm very excited to see what what comes out of this for, when uh, you know Oscar time rolls around because yeah, I, I would love to see her win that best supporting actress for that. I'm really happy she won this, and I would also enjoy seeing that. Not even from just a oh, let's give it to someone from the MCU point of view, because like there's plenty of elements to the MCU these days that are just dismally worse than they were seven years ago. You know, they're, they're just, <laughs> yeah. they're, that's just a fact, I think. Yes. Um, but I mean, but and then in terms of just there are, in, yes, and this is what I was trying, this is what I was yeah. getting at in yeah. terms of individuals, individual performances. When you actually think about it, the actors don't matter to the MCU. The actors don't matter to the MCU. The characters matter. If you embody that character, it's like giving, you could have given uh, Iron Man an Oscar for Endgame. You couldn't give it to Downey Jr. because like, more, he's, he's in the middle of all this. Yes, so the for her to transcend that, you know. I just think he's massive. Yeah. and I But I think it's for a reason, and I think it's the reason being that Wakanda Forever is actually 100% the most real-world, personal-feeling MCU movie because of the actual tragic circumstances of its making. Yes, I think that... That is why. That is why the awards are, are genuinely caring about it. And that's why the awards won't care about any of the others. Yeah. Not that they should. Not that there's not somewhat better movies. Not that there's... Not actually no, not see real be. stories and nuances and character moments and and performances. Of course, that, there is. That, of course, that, there you know is. could warrant all kinds of things, but the, just of the personal is, nature the, of this, you there's felt something that. more. There yes, is something you, you felt these emotions beyond these characters. You felt these emotions for the loss of a friend in the morning and having and to kind of why. restructure this whole kind of storyline after his loss and make a movie that was entertaining that lived up to you know the future of what the mcu is going to be to to acknowledge what chadwick did before to uh you know pay respects to him to you know have these other characters step up like so many things they had to do with this movie and and i think they were able to do it and the, the performance she gave in that just was was so strong well, so. i mean y- y- Angela Bassett just generally is a powerhouse yeah. of an individual. And yes, we 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 love Angela Bassett. We love yes. Kiki Kwan, where's the same and, Yes, and Michelle Yeoh winning as well for everything yeah. everywhere all at once. And and you know, her talking about again, also talking kind of about representation and not seeing people who look like her and and you know, being able to do what she was able to do and uh love that the music was trying to stop her and she told him to shut up and said she could beat them up because obviously she really could. Yeah, she you certainly know? Can. <laughs> and you know, talking about being over 60 and like, you know, finding a place for yourself. I think a lot of the actresses kind of had those moments, her and and uh you know jennifer coolidge really talking about you know being a a woman aging in hollywood like is is a hard thing that people don't really think about like you know having your place and and keeping your place and you know all of that kind of thing it is unfortunately always has been yes and and so for these women to kind of come up there in their speeches and talk about it i think was such a just a great thing but um yeah just she had a great moment uh we get into tv a little bit i actually binged uh abbott elementary 
uh, over oh. the, the big kind of uh, New Year's weekend. And uh, it was such a fun show. It was hilarious. Very much kind of your office vibe. But Quinta Brunson, the fact that like she was just making like silly kind of vines and YouTube videos. And now she's running this show that's winning all these awards she won. Uh, you know, so just so really you should watch Abbott Elementary. It's, it's, it's a great no, show. I, I know, it's, it's I really know full funny. well. I know full well that I should be. I I should watch that. Do not get me wrong. I was uh, kind of very much drawn in by their acceptance, if you could call it a speech, rather than a gaggle of shouting people, which yeah. it kind of was. It was just them all going, "Ah, we're excited." Um. And if it's that kind of vibe, then yeah, sure. I mean, now I don't, I, I, I mean, I know there's an awful lot of winners and, and things and we can't be here for 17 hours yes. today. <laughs> um, is there any any other absolute highlights that you wanted to talk about um, from this? I, I, mean, I would imagine when Oscars, when the Oscars themselves roll around, because some people, some people don't like the Globes, do they? Some people don't look at the Globes as, as legitimate I always like to to look at them as yeah, an indicator I just in general, for, for the Oscars. In general. And for a I, I think some of his I think some of some of great some great performances. And I often look at performances more than individual movies. When it comes to the globes, I think. Yeah. I think some performances in history that I've really, really admired that were nowhere near Oscars have won globes. So I, I kind of I give them a bit more legitimacy. Yeah, like I Angela Bassett, she did win the Globe for what's Love Got to Do with It, but she didn't win the Oscar for it. Um, so yeah, I think it, it's still a, a, a strong way to acknowledge kind of great performances. Uh, I just thought this show bred some really great speeches, some really emotional speeches. Uh, RRR, their song. Yes, not to not to one. I, I was so yes. excited for that song to win. Um, I, I wanted them to win, you know, the non English speaking film, uh, as well. But, but, um, yeah, I'll have to check out that Argentina movie because, yeah, if it's better than RRR, it's gonna, <laughs> yeah, it's probably, so it's probably hoping... one of those horrible movies, isn't it? It's probably one of those hard horrible nasty movies about difficult times yes yeah it looks very kind of somber and depressing a little bit but well, uh, come in comparison to rr so i hope it wins i hope it gets nominated the oscars for best uh non english speaking language film i think is kind of what they're calling it now because they don't want to say you know foreign language or anything just more okay. it, it is not english not to call okay. it foreign you know um uh so yes, I hope it does get a nomination for that, and uh, not to not to gets a, a song nomination because yes, for it to beat out you know Lady Gaga and Rihanna and you know. Well, uh, I just think if Natu Natu can beat out those at the Globes, why can't it beat them out at the Oscars? And th which means we're potentially getting a performance. So. Oh yes. Yes. To get see that get on them the both up there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Recreating that whole dance. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. Yes. this is what we need. Okay, I'm this excited. So, yeah, I just got my nobody phone. wants to see another Lady Gaga performance. People yeah. are tired of those. There's plenty of those. 
I'm at the deep end watch as I dive in. We don't need more Starry's <laughs> Born. Get away with it. I mean, and I preferred I prefer the One Republic song in in uh, <laughs> uh, in uh, the Maverick <laughs> over over Lady Gaga song. I will be honest. The, the beach football scene song is a lot better. It's oh, lot oh I don't even remember <laughs> what the song was, to be honest. But I ain't worried song. You haven't heard it like everywhere with the whistling. <laughs> Probably, yes, I but I don't remember. about it right now. You oh, God, horrible song. What? Horrible but, song. That is, such a, that is such a good song. Natu, natu. I'm just saying, you're saying get Lady Gaga out. Well, then bring the other song in from Top Gun. Matter. Fine. Yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so Fine. miserable, Morgan. So miserable. I'm um, miserable. <laughs> but yes, overall, a good show. I mean, Jared Carmichael, he seemed to be this very kind of somber vibed host. Uh, I don't know. I don't watch the shows, so I don't know the host. Well, I did. I did send you really. his his opening monologue, hoping you would watch it, but I guess you did not. So, um... <laughs> I apologize. Uh, yes, he was just very much kind of talking about the only reason he was asked to host was because he was black, and kind of just brought up all the kind of racial stuff in terms of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Oh, no, I did see this. I yes, did see this. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yes, I did that, see that. That was his opening kind of monologue. And so people were kind of just weird about it. And it was very kind of quiet and weird, like laughter that like didn't feel it was just very kind of it was odd. <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's a fair it's a fair point to make. No, like what he was saying was very honest and true, but just the delivery of it, like I don't I don't think people knew how to react to it. That's just what but, made it weird. <laughs> is it better or worse than when Ricky Gervais used to host and just literally tear everybody apart? I mean, when he would, there were solid laughs still. So, I mean, I think he did the same thing. He just did it very much in a somber kind of chill kind of tone. I guess, that's, <laughs> you know, well, that's, whereas that's, Ricky that's Gervais was vibe, kind of just lecturing them. So I don't know. It, it felt it just the re how people just didn't know how to react. It just made it awkward but like i think people are kind of rewarding him for like what he was saying but um just the delivery yeah. seemed to this i don't know people were confused <laughs> but yes overall i think just the speeches the the moments in in terms of who won and and kind of the the feeling in the room that felt like everyone was really excited for the winners i think just made it feel more special than than what it could have felt so you know yeah I, th I think everyone pretty much who i wanted to win won and people who maybe won that i didn't want to win still had great moments up there so uh yeah overall i think it was a really good show so i, I enjoyed watching it i actually watched the whole thing so i enjoyed it you always end up getting that vibe from the globes way more so than the oscars anyway because because of, of just the atmosphere of the room i mean yeah. the oscars is very very formal theater situation it's not yeah. a let's everybody get hammered sit sat down and drink and situation. yes yes this is always kind of the more chill drinking eating hanging out kind of show and i do Everyone i do actually shouting at brad oscars. pitt <laughs> like yeah. there were several people actually... calling out to him throughout the name <laughs> I do actually wish the Oscars were more like that. Yeah, um, me being me, hearkening back to the er very very early days of the Academy Awards when they did used to have it, I believe, in the Beverly uh, Beverly Hills Hotel. Yeah. Um, rather than you know whatever, whatever the theatre's called now, the Kodak. Um, yeah. The Kodak. 
Is it still called the Kodak? I don't know. I know. I pick. I can picture it. It's got brown columns. I know what it looks like. Uh, I don't know what it's called now. But yeah, have it in a hotel room. Get everybody hammered. Why not? I, mean, I don't. People. I don't understand why you wouldn't. Well, I mean, um, I don't know if it can fit as many people now because now you have so many like special effects people and all the kinds of behind the scenes. Well, okay, things. but a big hotel room, you know. So like, you see, did you can, can you compare? Classic movie credits to movie credits today that go on no, for like oh, a full oh, yes, okay. <laughs> 30 minutes. Whereas okay. <laughs> the movie you credits had... that were like the first minute and a half of the opening. <laughs> yeah. And then the end. Well, not yeah. every movie needs. Oh, okay. Fair enough. We need it. In I don't think all those people still. Fit. That's the only thing. I do get what you're saying, but yes. Why so... can we fit in the globes then? Because why can they fit in the Golden Globes then? I don't know where were the Golden Globes at. I have no idea. That's the point. <laughs> but they're all round tables drinking. So why so can't you I... just have that exact same thing at the Oscars? Is it because the Oscars view themselves as fancier? Yes, yes I do. that's I definitely do. why. Yes, it's a lot more snobbish. <laughs> that's definitely why. It's a lot. Go back to having it. fun. Although I think last year seemed to have kind of like tables, because you know if we think of like the Will Smith Jada setup, it was kind of like that, wasn't it? I don't I remember. remember. Oh, I know it must have been. Yeah. Oh, it must have been. Oh well, I take everything <laughs> back then. Whatever, do whatever you I, want. That felt like a hundred years ago, but <laughs> it does feel like a hundred years ago. But yes, anyway. Um, Anyway, yes, we do have other forward. things we want to talk about today. <laughs> yes. we we're at, uh, at fear of going ridiculously long with a show. We don't like to do that. No. Because we do want to talk a little bit now and give our full review of Megan. Yeah. Because we couldn't last week because only Janine was able to see it. Because for some reason, what Megan and Universal and Blumhouse decided to do was go, we'll have it in the US for one week, and then everywhere else a week, week after. after. Not a month after, that would feel a little bit more reasonable, or on the same week that would, of course, feel perfect. No, we'll just do it an annoying week after. Yeah, like, so why? nobody why? can What's talk about thing? anything with anybody. At the same time, yeah. So, you finally got to see yes. Megan. I did. What were your thoughts? (laughs) Look, I really quite liked Megan. I think it was, it it, it surprised me for a lot of it, actually. And surprised me in the ways of, I don't think it wasn't as nasty as I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought it was going to be quite a a lot of splatter. they did cut it, it was back. Gonna be quite... they, they did cut it back um... because once people saw those original trailers and people were obsessed with the dancing, obsessed with it, they were like, "Oh, we can get more people in if we make a PG thirteen. So I believe I heard or read something that they did cut down the gore so that they could. It was originally R, and they that cut it down. Is a shame. Yes. So who knows if there will be a copy that you know a director's cut or you know. Yeah, that unrated. is a shame, and. I... I would yeah. be very interested in seeing a, an unrated cut of um, of Megan, actually, because I was expecting more of a fun splatter fest at times um, yeah. with some of the kills uh, and that kind of stuff. As a 
as a satire, I think it was really quite good. And I wasn't yes. necessarily expecting that level yes, of the, honest of intelligence. Yeah. Yes, honest, self-aware intelligence to come out of this movie. I was expecting silliness. Yeah. And I was expecting people people were referring to this movie as campy. This isn't a campy movie. I mean, there are elements of campiness to it. Like, you know, Megan kind of gets mauled by a dog and then she's still talking in her very straight robot voice whilst her hair is all messed up and she's leaves and things. <laughs> like, you know, things like that. I, I, felt I, very think, I think our definition and... I think our definition of campiness is a little bit different. But I think, but I think no, campy in terms of just, you know, you're mostly playing it serious. You know what you have. You know what your story is. You know that it's kind of crazy and weird. And you are winking at the camera. You let us know that you are aware of kind of how far-fetched this is. Like moments of her playing toy-related songs on the piano. Like she's playing toy soldiers on the piano. Like, now, yes, that. The fact that and... she's singing Titanium as like yes. a lullaby. Things I like that just felt about to campy mention that and very well. much winky to the camera. To well. Me. That was only small elements. And I think there's elements of, of Megan as a character. Yeah, no, I wouldn't call, the, are, call the movie wholly itself campy. And, the, I think and this moments. is what and this is what I'm 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 saying. I think no, Megan no. as a character at times has a wink to the camera element to her, which I very, very much enjoy. But I did see people referring to this movie as campier, and this is not a campy movie. This is a this is a satirical movie. 100 percent this is at its best i think when it's a, when it's at its most satirical i think it it, it um apologies for that it plays on technological horror very well yeah and technological really... horror scientific horror uh scientific advancement the 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 uh, not the drawbacks the yeah well yeah the drawbacks the the kind the of fears Yes, the, the of, fears of that scientific could advancement potentially have. Yes, yeah. The fears of technological advancement, something that has been present in horror fiction since Frankenstein the book in eighteen eighteen. Yeah. So that long you know, ago, it's something very much like you know Age of Ultron. Like you have the best of intentions in creating something, but when you do a, a little too good of a job creating it, you know, you yeah. create a murder robot like Tony. Stark. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely, and it's kind. It's kind of exactly what happens here, but yeah. I like it as a as a, a very very modern, a very very today instalment in the renowned history of t technological advancement horror. Yes, and, and, and I think and scientific advancement horror. I, I love it for that because you go one step too far. You think you're more intelligent than what you're creating. You think you can play God a bit and it comes back to bite you. And that's exactly what happens, yes. obviously, in Megan. While being, at times, very, very funny, I think Megan herself, I mean, I don't even know, like, for some reason I didn't look this up or anything else. How was Megan portrayed? Was so it somebody, they, a human so, being? So I saw uh, James of Dead Meat. He was interviewing uh, Jason Bloom and, and um, James Wan. And they were very secretive. They didn't really want to say too much about okay. how they did it. 
but I kind of saw a few other things and there was some puppetry involved, but then also an yeah. actual girl yeah. wearing kind of prosthetic mask and thing. For That's what I kind so of I think it was a combination was. of a real person and puppetry. Okay. That makes <clears throat> And maybe some CGI thrown sense. in there. Um, yeah. But yes, like I, even to the point where, you know, in the early stages of creating Megan and they asked her to display confusion and she just does this scary ass smirk and they can't yeah. get her to stop doing it. Like that should have been enough to tell you. <laughs> like, I just think, I think there's an awful lot of fun to be had with it. There's an awful lot of fun to be had with it. But likewise, it's a movie that actually takes itself very, very seriously. And that could come across as its its downfall. Well, no, because, I, I, I think it needed that balance. Are, of course it needed the balance, but I mean in terms of it having wink to the camera moments in there, it having purposely silly moments in there that were clearly there, that, that clearly intentional. Yes. I that, mean, that I... were, for me, the highlights kind of of the movie the, the 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 entertainment factor of the movie is in its megan kind of being a bit silly in her obsession in her kills in her in her manic kind of protectiveness this is where this is this is the the most drawing features of this movie i think that, that, yes, that would bring those people moments. But I mean, to even, that. I think it's, I, you needed that balance of kind of the emotional aspects, you know, the, you the, girl losing, yes, you the girl losing her parents and then kind of the issues with the aunt not knowing what to do. So she creates Megan to kind of deal with her so that she doesn't, so that that strains their relationship. And, you know, the aunt makes a lot of mistakes. So I like that, you know, they depicted things like that, like the difficulty of this situation of taking on this child who's lost her parents. You don't really know how to handle it. So you kind of put it off and think you're you're you know fixing the problem but you're just making it worse and kind of i like them depicting the strain on their relationship and kind of her you know very negative connection that was building between the girl and megan to where she wasn't listening to her aunt and, and you know she kind of became addicted and obsessed to you know having megan around and all these things so i like that that those elements of kind of realness were were peppered into balance kind of the more crazy far-fetched things in and the campy elements because like now i'm thinking even about the opening when they do that kind of furby commercial with you know a girl sitting at her in her backyard at her dog's grave <laughs> like you would not see that in a kid's commercial but they in this world that is yes, exactly. a normal kind of commercial that would play on tv and then you get this weird furby toy and um so things yeah. like that i think I think they were able to find a clear balance between the kind of more serious emotional aspects and kind of the, the kind of more sillier things. And, and I think it worked well together. I wasn't like, I, I didn't feel like the tones were, were at odds with each other. I think everything kind of molded really well, melded really well and, and, and you know, crafted a really fun story in general. <clears throat> no. And that's what I was getting at. That's what I was getting at. I, I think it, I, I also think it is balanced very very well it is just the the genuine seriousness of some parts of this movie was unexpected it was unexpected for me going into this movie 
okay. I was not expecting <laughs> full legitimate. I was because I was expecting a ridiculously simple kind of by the numbers, just mentally insane slasher. Yeah, and it wasn't that. It wasn't that at all. And for some reason, I feel like that's what I was advertised. Yeah. But what I got from it was was the satire that I really, really liked. I mean, the entire toy funky company or whatever it's called, I just think he's great. That CEO guy was just f- phenomenal as a character. Yes, he's so good. Of, of somebody the, the, in that position, yeah. And the, that entire world, that entire building is filled with caricatures, and I, I, I love that for it. But the genuine heartfelt moments between you know, Alison Williams and, and, and her niece were not what I was expecting in this movie. I was expecting something a little bit distanced from any sort of emotion, really, and something that that felt not as I mean, I'm not I'm not saying the movie was deep, but you know, not caring about any sort of emotion. That yeah. people had to it towards each other, and the movie did care about its character relationships, and I just didn't think it would, because I don't think that was the movie that was advertised. Yeah, um, but so the fact we did get that, and a very nice surprise. The fact that we did get that, the fact it was well balanced, really, really pleasantly surprised me as well. Yeah, and, and I think and, and you know... structurally how the thing kind of build up how megan's obsession builds up how megan learns more and more and becomes that more attached to katie yeah to, to and get as insane as she ends up and, and more detached to kind of yeah and more detached to kind of what death means and what taking life means and kind of yeah not really understanding the the extent of something like that um and also, I think there was an effort to kind of make the tech make sense, you know. There was. You know, I don't the, understand a lick of it no, because I'm not a techie person. Me neither. But like, like I think the time they took to kind of explain it and try to make it make sense to a novice person watching it, I think was yeah. was, was an important thing because you're dealing with something really kind of weird and crazy and you know there is kind of tech that's similar to something like this so the fact that they really took the effort to kind of make it feel like something like this could really exist and you know how she works on it and how she explains it and how she's kind of working on it with her team all of that felt very real to someone who doesn't really understand that kind of stuff so i like little moments and efforts like that to to ground it in some way when you're kind of dealing with these kind of crazier things i also think you know it legitimized uh, it legitimized what was going on yeah and it's something that the the best of technological horror throughout its history has also done Yes, legitimized what was going on. It's made made the science somewhat understandable. Yes, rather than just being just a bunch of jibber jabber nonsense. Exactly. Um, But I think also, like you know, a movie that definitely was trying to do this, but I don't think really pulled off the execution was the Child's Play remake. Um, Ah, That film, in that film, that Chucky was a kind of AI thing that was connected to your house and connected yeah. to all your devices and all kinds of stuff and then kind of develops this you know sentience so you know I think that movie tried to do what Megan does but 
they didn't have as much satire. They didn't have the kind of wink to the camera type things. Uh, you know, they didn't have as much self-awareness, which I think in general, the Child's Play franchise has a self-awareness. Uh, so that movie didn't oh, really yeah. have that. So it was definitely very much like what Megan did, but Megan had that wink to the camera, had that play into the satire in front of it. Whereas Child Play kind of p- tried to play it a little bit more straight. So it I, it didn't play as well. So I, I like that Megan actually kind of found the balance of that kind of story and i do definitely now get the the fun little arguments happening between megan and chucky i think the latest one i've seen has been really great um chucky i think he said something like you can see megan if you want but she'll never be the og and megan quote tweeted it okay boomer (laughs) works it makes sense and then chucky came back with like a comment maybe like five or six hours later and then somebody like replied like okay chucky had to come wait after had to sit for five hours to figure out that comeback. oh dear you know so uh yes the fact that like chucky and megan are kind of fighting on on the interwebs is great and uh i definitely get you know because she's kind of the new era of that type of thing which the new child's play tried to do but didn't quite make it work so well i I mean the thing is i think the thing of what mate what works in child's play is that obviously it's supernatural Yes, the original. The Inher- original. The original. The, and the the entire original series of it is based around the supernatural element of merging one soul into a doll and things like that. Yeah. And so it's not the same as as, as Megan. The, that yes. is just that is a created artificial robot, um, android, whatever, whatever. What's Megan actually called? Mark. Three, three generated android whatever android, it is something like that yeah something um but i really really did have a lot of fun with this movie i just i, I have to still kind of remind myself that it just it wasn't never felt like a horror movie to me it, it felt like a, a sci-fi satire Okay. I mean, and had I it been more, that, gore, I think it, had it been more gory, would it have felt more like a horror? Certainly, too? and I think that's simply because that's what I was expecting. And I think because of what I was expecting, I said, "Okay, give me some splatter," and then I didn't get some splatter, no. but I still liked it. Okay. I have to kind of sit more and realize that this didn't feel like. I've called it technological horror. I think it fits into technological horror very, very well. It does. Of course yeah. it does. But it it, I, it wasn't as wasn't as horror-fueled as I thought it would be. And this clearly comes down to the decisions to cut the rating down to a PG-13. Or oh no, but but then again, you say it was a PG-13. In Britain, it is actually rated as a 15 okay it is actually which is the equivalent to r oh so so but i i still felt that there was yeah not no like, there. there was not yeah, the no, gore. i think it was originally here to be like a full r with like showing more of the gore and things like that but because the trailer picked up so much buzz and they knew people were going to kind of flock to this movie to get more butts in seats they changed it to, to get more people in um i mean but I yeah can... like 
I can totally I think, understand that. And I see, I feel like they cut around those things well enough that you still got the sense of kind of the terror and fear and horror of it. But I would definitely love to see more kind of goriness out of out of some of these kills. I actually, situations. I actually, I actually expected more kills as well. Okay. Like, I don't actually think there was that many kills. Really. No, there weren't that many. But I do love the kind of creepier moments with Megan when she kind of starts talking when she's yes. not supposed to. Or when yeah. you think she's off, but she's not. Or when her, you know, she looks to the side or when she's actually on. And, you know, and these creepy stares that she gives people. And when she started chasing that boy on all fours, like all kinds of just creepy movements that she does. Uh, I think those played into kind of the eeriness uh, of kind yeah. of. Of, of what this movie was going for i just think what i what i appreciated about this movie the most was really not what i thought i would appreciate about this movie the most and i really really enjoyed going to see it yeah. i think it's a, a really surprisingly intelligent satire genuinely heartfelt at times when it needs to be i think alison williams is great at it and i've yeah. definitely seen the girl before something um, she was i think she was the youngest girl in in haunting of hill house ah okay yeah she's the great one, the one who was scared of the bent neck lady yeah. ah, that'll be why that'll yeah. be why she's good yeah yes um no i thought she was great as well yeah um like the very kind of I've... defiant moments and the confused moments and you know her being in this new place and uh you know yeah. her when she's with the therapist and she doesn't want to talk to her and you know everything yeah. in this movie works megan is appropriately creepy herself i just i wish there was an unrated version i wish there was more yes, hopefully gore hopefully. yeah and That's i know that they opened drawback. it up they left it open to potential kind of sequels and things like oh, that of course so. they did yes. but that is my that's my one drawback yeah, is I wish they would have just kind of gone I for the gore. more of a gore fest. This movie still would have done well without being, I think, a PG thirteen. So, I think it would have been because I think people, I think really... having having a marketing campaign that it has had, yeah, it's was... been genius. Really, having I those mean, Megan's kind of showing up at special events and things like yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's made. I mean, it's done what the movie did it's made people want to get a megan and they shouldn't be wanting to get a megan because you shouldn't want I mean, to get a megan jason bloom dressed up as you. megan for halloween before the movie had even come jason out bloom's so. a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> jason bloom's a very good horror producer yes, very yes. good um but he's also a weirdo a good weirdo not a bad weirdo yeah. but there's a there's megan fever going around and it's still very much present yes and i think i know this because my parents have seen advertisements for megan and gone like oh that looks that looks quite fun actually and that wow. doesn't happen <laughs> when it comes to movies like this wow so and I, so i know the marketing on it's good it's working i know okay. the marketing on it's good okay. um and I, I think it's entirely justified because I, I think it was a great first movie of 2023. Yes. And, and usually, you know, for me. I you really know January, people always say January is kind of the month where you put your movies and they you don't hear from them or see them or nobody cares or they don't do well. But, you know, 
Megan, I think, was a solid January release for sure. So well, you say that in the uh, you say that in the US because in Britain we always get the awards stuff in January. Uh, okay. Um, but I don't think that even exists anymore because I think I think that existed in the world of you simply get blockbusters in the summer, yeah. which also doesn't exist anymore because you get blockbusters Anytime, Valentine's right? Day. All the way through to Christmas. So just having January, like, why can't you have great January movies? Of course you can. And this is one thing. Great way to kick off the year for sure. Great movie. Had a lot of fun with it. A good uh, good first installment into 2023's horror output as well, which uh, leads us in nicely, I think, Janine, (laughs) to our Let's Talk today. Yeah, which is all in relation <laughs> to 2023's horror output and our most anticipated horror movies of this coming year. Um, admittedly, a couple of which we actually talked about last week when we were covering some trailers, so I've actually tried not to include those. Okay, okay, um, in mine. Um, I think we each have three, yes. we want to bring up. For most anticipated horror of 2023. Um, Janine, would you simply like to go first? Yes. Um, so one of my most anticipated horrors of this year is M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin. Yes. Um, you know, he's been kind of all over the place in terms of, uh, you know, he was kind of booming at the beginning of his career and then kind of went down a little bit and then disappeared for a while and then came back with something interesting and then, you know, went back to something familiar. And then the old came out and I think people were very kind of not so into old. I watched it. I never saw that, you know. Yeah, I recently watched it and, uh, you know, I wasn't a huge like huge fan of it like I, I I liked the kind of idea of it it was based on something from a book and he kind of you know took it from there so I liked the idea of it but overall like I it's kind of one of those movies like a lot of his movies I could watch anytime and really enjoy them and get into them and like yeah. kind of the discovery of oh my gosh I didn't notice that or notice that or notice this that's so smart that's so clever um but this one like it's just man I don't need to see this movie again and you know, it's kind of one of those movies. So, but this one, I think the premise is really interesting. I like who's in it. You know, we have Rupert Grint and Dave Bautista, you know, and uh, just the story. Rupert, of kind of Grint. Like, Rupert Grint's in this movie. Yes, he's one of the four is people he? who come knocking at the door. Yes. I didn't even uh, know that. Yes. Rupert, why, is, why has Rupert Grint not showed up in British trailers for this? Has he showed up in trailers? Yes, he's kind of in the background. Like, yeah, yeah. Why is he not front and center of British trailers because, because Dave Bautista so is blocking the whole screen. I understand. Yes, Dave Bautista <laughs> is blocking body. the whole screen. Yes, um, <laughs> uh, but yes, it's the premise of it. Like the world will end if you don't choose one member of your family to die. So that's very much a tough choice in terms of, you know, how do you choose who in your family to kill? Um, and at the cost of kind of the entire world like but obviously is it even even true is it yes like what is making these people think that that's what's happening why is this happening so there are a lot of questions and so i'm just really curious about this one and to see you know Shyamalan in general you know while not everything he's made is perfect there are plenty of directors who's you know 
who's has have have made non-perfect things weird things you know disappointing things so you know but i like him kind of always pushing for it and doing something weird and trying something different and and trying to be creative at least in some way so you know the premise in general the premise and the mystery yes the, the premise and the mystery in general and who's in it is really kind of getting me hyped for this one so i'm really curious to see what this movie is all about Yes, fair enough. Knock at the cabin. I, I am too. And I believe we are actually both getting that at the same time. same time. Oh, good, good. So so that should be Do that a nice should be little okay. review. I think it's coming out very soon. February fourth. February. So, yeah, February. February third, fourth. Yeah. Ooh, maybe not maybe not February fourth. The third, maybe I think the third is the 4th. Friday. So yeah. I don't no, I don't I don't I don't think it's coming no, out that early for, for me. And also I'm actually on You'll be away anyway. at that point. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah whatever um <laughs> i am looking forward to actually seeing knock at the cabin though i really am not as much as i'm looking forward to seeing bo is afraid from okay. ari aster yeah, which so, is so it even a horror movie a little bit by the looks of it a little I mean, bit and, and based on who your director is like based on who your director is it's it is very very safe to assume there will be horror elements certainly yeah. But it does look, uh, it looks a more dangerous to say it looks a lighter movie because yeah. the mind of Ari Aster is, is a very depraved one. Yeah, a little bit. And <laughs> one that can, um, depraved in a good way, not depraved in a, I'm going to be a real life No, just in way. a very unnerving, very kind of sinister, but like... In, a way that pulls you in to very something very weird and, and well, strange and you with, know, yeah this trailer came out this week as well this is the joaquin phoenix movie um joaquin phoenix looks perfect for this kind of thing because it just looks like a a little bit of a trippy kind yeah. of insane affair yeah uh, this sort of like adventure through your own fears by the looks of it, yeah. to find it's very unclear as to it's very unclear. Like he's trying to get home, his mother wants her to come, him to come see her. He's getting ready to go see her, and then he gets hit by a car, and then he's in the hospital, and then all these trippy things start happening. Yeah. Then we get all these trippy it, visuals. It seems to be an adventure through Joaquin Phoenix's fears, which, and it's billed as a, a horror comedy adventure. I think. So it, there may be a level of over-the-top kind of comedy to it. But there's obviously, with who we're, with, with Ari Aster, who yeah. we've obviously been waiting for a new movie for since Midsummer in 2019. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, are, we, we, we are desperate to see what entirely original nonsense Weird, comes out of his yeah. mind um, next. Um, yes. it, and I, I, I have to assume that there will be seriously unsettling things in this movie. Oh, yeah. If it's a journey through a man's fears, which is what it seems to be. I mean, it's, and, and I don't know if something about it was giving me very much like the life of Walter Mitty vibes in terms of just very kind of over the top visuals, like some things that related to this guy's kind of mind and imagination. And yeah, I, don't I know. get that. I just don't think it's going to be like that. It's not going to be a light movie. 
No. This isn't going to be an adventure drama. This is Ariasta. If it is, something really unusual has gone on in Ariasta's mind in the last three years. But I'm really, really looking forward to this. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't... I think when it comes to horror, I don't, like, look ahead generally over a year's worth of what are we getting this year? I know that's exactly what we're doing now. <laughs> I but say. I don't generally do it because I, I tend to think of... Because things just pop up, don't they? Things yeah. pop up out of absolutely nowhere that you'd never heard of that end up being the best horror movie of the entire year. Yeah. Look at X last year. Who knew what remotely that was going to be? Yeah. And then it's 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 so good. And obviously I'm going to see Pearl soon as well. Um, when it finally comes out in Britain. But so I, I'm, I look at a year's output of horror more like that kind of what's around out at the time. But for now, looking at a full list, I have to look at individuals involved. That's what's going to get me most anticipated for something at this point yeah. mostly is individuals involved yeah and ariaster being such a track record that monster has, even after just two movies yeah but being a horror monster of this phenomenal era we've been in for 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 eight eight-ish years now seven eight years i can't not be excited for his next movie so Bo is yeah. afraid is definitely. I'm very curious about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's top of my list, I think, for horror. I mean, we spoke about Renfield and Evil Dead Rise and things like even that sick movie. I guess um, it was and, actually and, really, really fun. I really enjoyed it. And um, I spoke a little about a little bit in the game about David Gordon Green's Exorcist and yes. things like that. That I am, I, I, I'm excited for, but I, this one really excites me because it's, there's no legacy to it other than the guy's name and what he has brought to us before. And I, I'm not interested in seeing anything else relating to it until I go and see it now. It's not like, like I'll probably watch way more Evil Dead Rise material and, and things like that i want to know what i'm getting before i get it but i don't want to know what i'm getting before i get this yeah really like if i hadn't have kind of had to i don't think i'd have bothered watching the trailer because <laughs> it was just like but oh ari aster's got a movie i'm there i'm definitely gonna see it but yeah i mean that trailer obviously didn't tell you much so it's still no so it's, it's perfect yeah but yes bo is afraid Okay. All right. Well, my second uh, anticipated film in the horror genre. Um, you know, I'm I'm glad that something else is going to have fun with dinosaurs besides Jurassic Park. And I'm oh yeah, right. Sixty five, the Adam Driver film where he is a man from the future, stuck in the past, the prehistoric past, where he's just kind of trapped on this land of dinosaurs and not 
you know, having to hide from them and fight them. And I think he's with a little girl. And so he has to kind of, you know, protect her and uh, very much a dystopian kind of feeling film. Uh, kind of I saw a trailer for this. Yes, this this kind of future meeting past type thing, and, and dinosaurs being very scary again. Um, you know, I think you forget Jurassic that Park... dinosaurs are even allowed to be in movies that aren't Jurassic. Jurassic Park, Park exactly, because that's kind of the only di- dinosaurs we've been getting. So the fact that we're getting it in a different style, and they're really going to feel way more horror than they have in Jurassic Park. Yeah. You know. Um, certainly, the, certainly in the Jurassic World movies. Yes, um, uh, I, I appreciate. Like, I appreciate you know, Fallen Kingdom trying to do some horror elements with the dinosaurs in terms of the raptor stalking around uh, the house, <laughs> like a like a slasher. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like this aspect of the dinosaurs kind of being very scary again and having to hide from them and the unpredictability of them. And this man from the future who has no concept of, you know, how to survive, really having to figure out what to do. So, and it's very isolated feelings, just him and this little girl. And, you know, so really, really curious to kind of see how the story goes and, and dinosaurs being scary. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm into Adam Driver doing something yes. that's unusual for Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. Like a big kind of action star kind of movie. Like that's not really his energy. You, is you know, yeah. Like the most he's done like that is Star Wars. So um, to yeah. kind of see him do that outside of Star Wars, I think it will be a really cool thing as well. You know, leading an action star kind of cool. So Definitely. I like that for him. Well, I, I was talking about X and Pearl before and obviously... Um, I'll be getting Pearl this year, so I probably won't get this third movie this year, but the US will, and I believe it will get a release in 2023. This is Maxine. Yes. Or Maxine, as it's actually called, because it's three in the middle of it, which is the sequel to X, because Pearl was the prequel to X, is the origin story. Maxine is... um, Mia Goth, just as her ex character, as her younger ex character, not as per- it's not Pearl. Pearl's no, but she's her ex character, Maxine. Pearl's not there now. Lone survivor of this farm. The lone survivor of, of X. Yeah. And her journey into trying to be an actress in the early 80s now, I think Maxine's going to be set. Um, Something weird's probably gonna happen. She's probably gonna get trauma from the farm. Yes, but even you know, there was this kind of whole situation of her very religious family looking for her as well, which is something that's yeah. kind of peppered in. So, uh, yeah, I'm really curious. Give to see me more where the gore horror elements from are gonna this go. Franchise, please. Yes. So Mia Goth, you know, kind of bookending this this franchise, I think, is such a cool thing. But, um. Yeah. Well, this all I hope is that the the X the the or whatever this franchise will end up being called. I call it a franchise movie series. Stop calling everything a franchise. Nothing has to be mass marketed with toys. Stop calling things franchises. Movie series. I just hope we get a phenomenal Blu-ray release of all three of them. Oh yes, yes. Just in a nice big blood-soaked box that's a bit grindy and a bit pulpy yeah and 
full of all that great stuff. And you imagine, because obviously X was very much filmed like a seven in, in you know, wink to the camera 70s style slasher movie. Yeah. Pearl, I'm Pearl wasn't, was it really? Pearl wasn't. I haven't obviously seen Pearl. No, I mean, they showed some things that related to kind of old-timey thing, but it looked like, you know, you know, the whole movie wasn't like, you know... Done in uh, a done in, No, no, and I think her kind of whole big dance number is done, like, old-timey looking film. Okay. But, um, yeah, well, so, so there are there's, elements. Well, there's but, an element. <clears throat> yeah, so there's an element, there's a through-line element to what yeah. Ty West's doing in those movies that are time accurate and wanting yeah. to have that layer in there for 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 fun reasons yes. for creativity reasons and for kind of let's try and make it feel a certain way reasons and i have every faith that maxine will follow in exactly the same path of making it feel like an early eight, probably an early 80s true slasher movie i would imagine yeah. this one yes. rather than a little bit of a Texas Chainsaw feeling nasty kind of movie that X was where you're on a farm. Yeah. You know, you're doing, you're dirty. obviously doing very, well, yes, you're doing dirty <laughs> things and all this business. Yeah. Um, But the aesthetic of it is very grimy. Sweaty and hot. And sweaty. And, yeah. I imagine I, I want kind of... I want a bit more silliness. I think. I think I want. Yeah, a bit more we're gonna be like in Hollywood, Maxine. You know, I think we're gonna be in Hollywood, and... and I'm looking forward to that. And again, this is just an example of what I'm looking at being something that just is very, very obvious to me because yeah. there's loads and loads and loads of movies that I've seen that are coming out this year. Horror, horror movies that I've seen that are coming out this year. But because I don't know anything about them, you, you you have to go off a basic premise and it could go one way or the other. It's like a basic premise sounds really good in some circumstances and it could be great, but it could be trash bag. Yes, but I think, I mean, the the precedence of what this series of films is doing in general is enough to make it interesting and, and, and making it kind of stand out because yeah, you don't exactly. really see, you haven't really seen a filmmaker do something like this where you literally release a film and its prequel oh, in the same year and yeah, then build not in it horror, to, not to this and extent. build it to this trilogy and banking on an actress you know who's kind of the through line of it like i don't think we've really seen something like no. this done the way it was done especially in the no we, we haven't so you we know haven't. that alone is enough to sell maxine just because yeah. of this very cool present like premise of, of connecting these three, three films over these three kind of generations of time with, uh, you know, similar characters and all of that. So I think the kind of cool through line that this movie is working in is, you know, we don't really need to know anything about Maxine to know that we want to see this movie because we've gotten two great movies and, and just the concept of it alone is sells it, I think for me. So. And it's even more weird really when you hear what mia goth actually sounds like in real life have you ever watched any interviews with mia goth yes it was it was a bit jarring yeah <laughs> oh my lord her voice is just it, it, she sounds like an eight-year-old 
She sounds like the sweetest cupcake-loving, yeah. let's play with my dollhouse eight-year-old girl you could possibly yeah. wish for. Why is she playing Pearl? <laughs> you know, but it works. It yeah. works. Um, so I, I, I have I have a lot of fondness for this particular series, the ideas in it, even though I've still obviously not seen the second movie. I have a lot of fondness for it. Yeah. So yes, Maxine. Cool. Okay. We know what your last one is. Well, I mean, yes, if you couldn't tell based on my outfit today, it is definitely Scream 6. I mean, I am a huge Scream fan. You know, I, I am heartbroken that Nev Campbell will not be back, but I have full faith that this will still be a very good story. Um, the setting, I think, is definitely going to be a cool thing. Not that this is the first, you know, screen film to be set outside of Woodsboro, because it's not. No, it isn't. I remember. <laughs> yes, I had to explain that to you. And you know, if you do not watch these films before Scream Six, I will murder you because you are definitely. I know you will. A yes, rewatch. Um, Just two and three. <laughs> No, I think you need to watch and four. I don't think you remember it. Okay. I think okay. you need to watch all five films before well, you yes, see Yes, I this will. Movie. Yes, because there's no <laughs> point in just watching two th and three, is there? <laughs> no. That would be um, weird. Maybe we could work that into some watch alongs. I don't know. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> and, um, yes, obviously, I'm very excited for this. I think, you know, this will actually, I think there's a sense that New York is going to be a big kind of playground for this movie. There's going to be a lot of kind of using the city. It's not going to be a Jason Takes Manhattan situation. It's not even going to be an L.A. situation because I think even in Scream 3, when it was set in Hollywood, it very much was isolated to specific places, you know, movie lots and, and mansions and things like that. So there wasn't a whole lot of kind of running around the city of L.A. and, and Hollywood and things like that. Um, yeah. So... I think New York is definitely going to be a kind of a big character in this. Um, you know, so many kind of thoughts and theories coming out of this. Uh, Kirby coming back. So I'm really curious to see what's going on with her. You know, this, you know, if you want to see my theories and analysis, that video is up on the channel now. It certainly <laughs> is. So you can check out kind of my little theories based on that kind of really cool subway poster that kind of, you know, speaks to maybe something going on with Stu Mocker and something with him. So, you know, I'm just really curious to see without Nev, what are we going to do to bring this home to still make this a good scream story maybe we will finally see things that we've never seen in a scream movie before the killers being people that we've met before like a scream killer has yeah. never been somebody we've already met it's always been somebody that we've just been introduced to in that new movie so what if it's something like that uh, uh like the killer being a familiar face what if they bring back characters that we kind of maybe forgot about i think that would be a cool thing what if the killer actually gets away like you know and Gale. still out there. I, I so, say it's Gale. It's Gale. Gale. Okay. Gale. Gale's, Gale's realized that her journalism career is going down the toilet. And obviously, you haven't watched Scream bought, Five, so you are like, I have. Obviously, you haven't watched Scream Five recently, so <laughs> because we see where Gale's career is. So please, yes, I know where Gale's Stop career is. Stop speaking out of turn, Morgan. I know don't where know Gale's career. I know Gale. You don't I know Gale's doing very well. I know Gale's doing very well you for herself. I'm just you saying. Can't make Scream plot jokes to somebody who is obsessed with Scream. Because I'm they will sorry. 
despite knowing fully well that you're joking, I will ha find the need to correct you. So just stop. I apologize. <laughs> I'm just saying, what if something happens to Gail and she ends up snapping I mean... and going, I'm Ghostface now, and makes that noise. Yeah. I hope she reveals it just like that and even waves her hands. <laughs> yes. Um, anything can happen. I'm really curious to see where this goes. I'm excited. I love this franchise. Like every single movie. I I I love every single movie in this franchise. Um You do. There are some I love more than others, but I love every movie in this franchise. So I'm excited for this movie. I'm ready for it. You know, I'm really curious to see where it's gonna go. It looks like a lot of fun. I've, I've loved our new characters that we got. So yes, my kind of hope is to see some old faces return and maybe see some things happen with the killers that we haven't yet seen before. So I'm excited for Scream 6. I'm so excited. Which, yes, you keep are. an eye out on our channel. Um, in the next few months, I will be doing a ton of Scream content just for my excitement, just talking screen stuff, you know, my rankings for the films, my rankings for the killers, Easter egg videos, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, you know, uh, who's who, you know, for the first screen movie, who killed, who was, when was the killer, Billy, when was the killer stew? A deep dive into things like that. So yes, if you love Scream, I will be doing a ton of content because I'm just so excited for this film. So a bunch of Scream stuff on the channel leading up to the release of Scream 6, which is my most anticipated horror movie of 2023. Well, there you go. <laughs> I haven't actually ranked mine. Did you rank yours? Was no, I mean, 65 and um, the other one that I said that I just, it's left <laughs> my brain away. <laughs> uh, I can knock, knock at the cabin are just, the yes, the other one, knock at the cabin, are horror movies that I'm excited for. So those aren't in any particular order because there are several that I am anticipated for. But Scream 6 is the number yeah. one. Yes. yes, and, and that's, that's the only one that is ranked. Yes, that's understandable. Because there's like I think the... a Ghostbusters sequel kind of coming there out, is, and other yeah, the Haunted is. Mansion is an honorable mention because you know yeah. I feel like while the the Eddie Murphy um, Haunted Mansion was I fun, like I, the Eddie I, Murphy yes, I don't think it, it it I don't think it connects as strongly to the ride and the elements of the ride. So I'm hoping this movie will do more of that. That's a so, fair point. I still like the Eddie Murphy haunted mansion. I think it's silly. It's very much um, your era as well. <laughs> it's very much of my era. Yes, it is. Um, like I said, I mean something like Scream Six is obviously well on my anticipated horror list for for twenty twenty three as well as as well as like I said before, Evil Dead Rise, um, and and Renfield, yeah, and 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 things like that very very much so uh, but I, I i i just for my last one i did actually go off one of just the basic premises okay. that i just felt grabbed me more than more I than mean, a lot of the others it feels like all of yours are just going off vibes really <laughs> oh they are 100 percent they are what the vibes of the first two the vibes of bowie's afraid and maxine are, are, are justified yes Fair. This one is just a basic premise. I don't know the vibes. I don't know. We don't know the vibes of this. This is this is totally new. Okay. I know a basic logline for this, which is: if all the characters in a horror movie are black, who dies first? 
This movie's called The Blackening. What? This is a horror comedy. And from what I can see of it, this is going to be really funny. I don't think I've heard of this, so I'm already... I've got no idea. I've got no idea who's made it. I'm going off a basic premise. That is such a good tagline. I'm in. I'm 100% in. (laughs) If all the characters in a horror movie are black... Who dies first? That is such a good line. <laughs> I think it's going to be tremendously self-aware. Okay. And it's it's called yeah it's called the blackening. That's okay. all I know. All That's right. all I think I need to know. I don't care about <laughs> okay. anything else. I'm well, I will. That. I'm going to look into it because I'm that that tagline alone is enough to get me on board. So. Yes, I'm that into sounds, that. That sounds interesting. Okay. That's it. That's all I have to all say. Right. All right, I like it. I like it very much. <laughs> yes. Well, there we go for our Let's Talk today. Some anticipated horror for 2023. But of course, we wanted to play a game. We always like to play a yes, game, don't we? Games, Let's play some fun games. games. <laughs> horror trivia today. Yes. 2022 <laughs> horror trivia. Yes. We have five questions each. Yes. Based on horror movies that came out last year. Um, they they will be in any format. As I suppose my format of questions will probably be different to yours. As the way I write questions is probably yes. a little bit more convoluted. Yeah, I would probably. imagine. Horror trivia. 2022 horror trivia, Janine. I know you like to go first when it comes to the games. Would you like to? Yes, I'll keep that up. An orphan made a long-awaited return in a prequel last year. She's deceptive and brutal, but what's her name? Oh. Is her name? Esther. Her name is Esther. Yes, Yes, it is. Esther from all. That's a good question. Like I had, to, I had to think about it. You're gonna hate my question. <laughs> oh dear. Um. As in, I'm not going to get any of them right, isn't it? This. Yes, we know how these work. We know how this works. Morgan doesn't get any of the answers correct. Um. Uh, in X, people have picked up on the foreshadowing of characters' deaths. What foreshadowed the death of Britney Snow's character, Bobby Lynn? <laughs> I don't remember how Britney Snow died. Was it something to do? No, I know how Britney Snow died. Was she the one with the crocodile? Yes, she must have been. Um... There was a time during the shooting of said adult film that was going on where Kid Cuddy's testicles looked like a crocodile's mouth and therefore (laughs) that foreshadowed her being eaten by a crocodile. No. (laughs) No. That's my answer. That's my answer. I love that answer. It's great, but it's just incorrect. At the very beginning, like the intro of her character, you know, they're walking out of their kind of titty bar place and there's a big mural of an alligator 
and she mm. walks right out of the door where the alligator's mouth is. <laughs> alligator, sorry, not crocodile. Wrong part of the world for crocodiles. Gators. 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 Um, I prefer my answer. I prefer my answer. <laughs> Janine, what is the name of David Cronenberg's 2022 supposedly vomit-inducing movie about growing organs? Yes, David Cronenberg had a new movie last year that for some reason I didn't see. No. It starred Viggo Mortensen. It starred Leah Seydoux. Oh. I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember. No, I don't remember what it's called. It was called Crimes of the Future. Mm, yes, I would not and have And I that. should see it. Yes, I very should. much should see it. I don't know why I didn't. Yes, there you go. Okay. Uh, in Nope, what is the name of the monkey TV sitcom Jupiter started? Oh, Oh, George, George, Georgie's house, something like that. It's <laughs> like so close. It's something like George's house. Give it to me. Come on. It's Gordy's home. Gordy's home. Georgie's house. It's like the generic version. Oh, I knew so it. close. So close. Gordy's home. Gordy's house. Yes. Gordy's home. Okay. Very close to George's, George's house. house. <laughs> oh, monkey curious George. I was thinking of curious yes, George. Yes, I think you were. God damn it. Okay. Janine. <clears throat> okay. In the movie, Halloween ends. Mm -hmm. How many times was the phrase evil dies tonight uttered? Zero times? Zero times is the <laughs> correct answer. Why was it not uttered once? I know. I think they, they realized was, people were like, this is ridiculous. It was uttered um, 700 times in Halloween Kills. Yeah. And we got a Christmas dice tonight in five <laughs> We did Christmas dice tonight. We did. <laughs> All right. In Prey. Yes, well done. Well, well done. As well it, done. As Pray. it tests Earth na Earth's natural hierarchy, what is the last kind of animal it kills before moving on to humans? Oh, I've forgotten. I've forgotten, so I'm going logic. A wolf. Incorrect. Mm. It is a bear. A bear. Wolves, bears, they both live in the forest. <laughs> North American forest wild beasts. <laughs> Wolves and bears, they're all the same. Mm -hmm. yes. Not the same, obviously. Not the same. I was I was I was in the right ballpark. I was yeah. Prey. I sorry, I saw Prey once in summer. I forget things, Janine. Okay. Yes. What was Daniel Kaluuya? And Kiki Palmer's connection to the earliest of motion pictures in Nope. The characters, I, I, I forgot what the characters were called. So I just wrote the actors. Uh, great, 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 great grandfather? Oh, I don't need spe that specifics. <laughs> 
I'm not I'm not interested oh. in that specifics. Oh, okay. I thought you were trying to get me to get all the greats. They're they're his distant grandchildren. Whose? Oh, the, I need the person's name. No, not the person's. What? 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 What is their connection to the earliest of motion pictures? Oh, he was the first man filmed riding a horse. He was the first man on film. <laughs> oh, I'll give you it. I, I needed <laughs> the jockey, the horse, the yes, yeah. first black man on film. I needed all that. Yes. Okay. They okay. had the descendants of the of the black jockey on the horse. Yes. Okay. Um. In Halloween Ends, what are oh, the dear. Halloween costumes of the parents of the boy Corey accidentally kills? Do you know what? Why have you gone so specific with the <laughs> trivia? Can I can I just ask that? I don't know. It's just what came, um, to, my, came to mind. I don't know. I know who they are because they're at the beginning of the movie. Yes. And they, they leave Corey with the kid. Corey mm -hmm. obviously kills the kid, throwing him downstairs. And they they go into a Halloween party and they're dressed as. I mean, we see the mother. Gomez and Morticia. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're not dressed as Gomez. We and actually Morticia. see the mother like wearing that. the same costume like four years later when she accosts. I remember <laughs> that as well. I remember that as well. I don't remember what it was. What was it? She was a flapper, and the dad was a train conductor. <laughs> I well, to, they I could look like Gomez and Morticia. <laughs> in a train conductor outfit. Gomez Adams has definitely wanted to be a train conductor at some point in his life. <laughs> that is true. He likes trains. One hundred percent. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and flappers, tight black dresses. Come on, that's Morticia. <laughs> Flapper dresses are notoriously not tight. No, that's true, actually, isn't it? That's, that's a very good point, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, Morgan. Fashion. That's a good okay. point, yes, you are. Well, right. I have a bonus not, question, so I can give you one chance to redeem yourself after the last question. If you Okay, well, to. your last question is, is, what is the name of Pearl's husband next? Oh, oh. Yeah, oh, that's a good Pearl's question. husband's name, do you? Uh, can't can't give her what she wants because he's no, so old, he's and so feeble. Old. You think he's the evil one of the movie? He's not. No. He's played by yeah. Stephen Ure. And we don't even see him in Pearl. He's away at the war. Away at the war. <laughs> Why do I, I want to? I want to say that, but I don't think that's right. Harry. Oh, it's close. It's close. His name is Howard. Howard. Okay. His name is Howard. Howard. Now I can hear her saying it. Howard. <laughs> yes. Okay. Bonus question. Okay. Well, no. This is your last question, number four. Oh, my last you, question. Like, oh, okay. Think you missed I'm, all yeah. of my questions? <laughs> uh, I haven't actually. I got the first question. No, you didn't. You made up it's that made. thing about. Kid Cuddy's balls. <laughs> Was that the first question? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> he said, Georgie's house. That was wrong. You guessed a wolf oh, and not a not... bear. 
That's not wrong, Georgie's house. It's the same vibe. <laughs> right, okay. So this is yes. your fifth question, but I do have a bonus question if you okay. want to at least try to get one point. Yes, please. In Scream. Yes. Oh, dear. Tara swipes through the cast of Stab. Who do we see played Tatum in Stab 1? Ooh. Oh God! Um, Tate, Tate. She oh. is referenced in the first screen movie, but you know the one you see to say it. Ooh, that's a good guess, but no, not Jennifer Love Hewitt. Alicia no, Silverstone. No, Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> I should have gone with someone who actually looks like Tatum and not somebody who doesn't look anything like Tatum. <laughs> Okay, bonus question. Or some kind of bonus. Jennifer Love Hewitt has brown hair. It's like, it's how many points do color. I have? Um, you got uh, the Esther, nope. zero. Horse, Esther. Nope. So I got three. Zero. Yeah, three. Okay. Well, at least so you don't you're so you're not completely zero. What's the name of the movie <laughs> starred in by John Leguizamo's character? That is shown on his tortillas and ruined Chef Slowick's day. Oh God! <laughs> In the menu. <laughs> oh. Oh, he says it so often in the movie. Yeah. He constantly brings it up. It's the name of the stupid movie, Captain Seventeen, or something like that. What? Your memory. What's I think you need to get your brain checked. Or you need oh, to have a stroke. No. It's the name of the movie. <laughs> I'm like this. All the best. <laughs> all the best people don't know trivia. I'd just like to point that out. Yes. Okay. Leonard Maltin was famously tragically bad at the showdown. <laughs> so I think you'll find I'm on, a, I'm on a winner. Actually, <laughs> I can talk about things, but I don't know. Yes. Nuggets of trivia. That is clear. <laughs> oh, it's something like Captain 17. <laughs> it is. It is. Is it? Is it? It is. Or is it like some something to do with a pizza? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What is it? <laughs> Not is it not something to do with like a pizza place? No. <laughs> it is called Calling Dr. Sunshine. I, see, I told you it was like Captain 17 CS. <laughs> okay. CS. Get pizza. Calling pizza. You call up a pizza restaurant. Pizza place, you call them up, don't you? You phone them to get your order. You phone them. That's a leap. That's a very big, giant leap. Calling Morgan, but... pizza place. You call a pizza place. Hello, it's John Leguizamo's pizza. <laughs> CS, <laughs> Captain 17, calling Dr. Sunshine. Oh, yeah. See, I told you. Yes, so close. So very close. I think George's house was the closest. I was quite pleased with Georgie's house, actually. <laughs> I was quite pleased right. with that one. <laughs> oh, my 
my gosh. All right. <laughs> well, I think that's it. <laughs> today's episode. <Like> pizza. <laughs> it is it for today's episode, yes. <laughs> of Monday Madness. We've had fun today, Janine. We have, we have. Been horror filled, horror filled game, anticipated horror in the let's yes. talk. <laughs> Plenty of fun things. Golden Globes related things and a Megan review as well. Yes. Um so as obviously so the things in the WhatsApp as well, but we have had a lot of fun on today's Monday Madness. It is, of course, not the only show you can find on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed, nor is it the only thing you can find on this YouTube channel if you are watching Monday Madness, of course, on the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel. Please subscribe, ding your notification bells up there, actually this way. And uh, it's that corner, not the other corner. That would be wrong. That would be clicking off this. Yes, don't do that. Don't do yet. <laughs> don't do yet. We haven't finished yet. <laughs> don't do it yet. Um, but yeah, subscribe in the notification bell on this YouTube channel for all the fun stuff we have here. For God's sake, I will actually be making some videos soon. Yes, please So do. it's not just Janine doing all the stuff. Morgan's Movie Collection has plenty of upcoming content. Do not fear for that. I also want to do plenty of stuff in relation to that kind of stuff that's not just showing new releases, but just some various movie thoughts I have. Not necessarily reviews, but little snippets of analysis, perhaps, and things like that. Or just uh, in-depth little things that I pick up on when I watch old movies and fun things in, in that realm i think is where my uh video content will likely yeah. veer towards as opposed to yours janine that's obviously very of the time and of the current <laughs> and of the present which is probably more relevant and enjoyable for everybody but there's plenty of stuff we have here on the it's a wonderful podcast youtube channel for you to check out as well as on the podcast feed itself where we have morgan hasn't seen every wednesday this show, of course, every Monday in audio form. And it's a wonderful podcast, the main show every single Friday. That is our flagship. That is where we celebrate old movies. We discover new old movies. We show them a lot of love because they deserve it, Janine. They do. They deserve it. Morgan hasn't seen, of course. We are still in the midst of our 200th episode celebratory series. Um, counting down the best of Morgan hasn't seen throughout its entire 200 episode history of many, many series. Did we figure out there was about 46 series or something like that of yes. Morgan hasn't seen? One of them being a, a, a hundredth episode special. So oh, that's technically true, yes. like 45 series we've covered. And 45 series. But a lot of stuff and we're getting to the real good stuff now as yes. we get closer to that 200th episode at the end of January, the last week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Amazon Music, and everywhere else. If you would like to support us on Patreon or donate in any way, there are links in the description of this episode. It has also been scrolling at the bottom of the screen if you are watching on YouTube for the entire time as well. You can find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at the Purple Don with a three instead of the E in the because Janine. Three is the magic number. All your Leguizamo pizza stuff is where. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> 
can't find me at Janine Devine underscore on Twitter, Janine Devine on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to get any merch or any of our shows, you can find that at our Teespring shop. Check the link below or see it scrolling by. Uh, it is uh, on Teespring, so just search It's a Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com for some awesome merch. We have all kinds of logos for our shows, some fun Stranger Things designs, so please check it out. And if you want to purchase any of my art in print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. There we go. I do think there is only one thing left to do, Janine. I'm not quite sure what sort of... Oh, do you want to do an Austin Butler pretending he isn't actually Elvis anymore impression? <laughs> yes, I can, I can attempt that for sure. <laughs> All three. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, Austin, are you okay? Have you lost your mind? Are, are, are you... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking watching. about. You've been spending far too much time in Las Vegas, Austin. I just, I'm worried about you, okay? I'll, I'll know what you're saying. Bye! Bye! <laughs> <laughs> we had the Austin Butler burn.